Christmas. It's a joy to be in church again. Even though you have your mask on, you can welcome your neighbor with a wave in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That's good. Victory belongs to Jesus indeed. Thank you, Pastor Joe and the team. We, this morning, are celebrating God's goodness and mercies for every minute of our lives. We don't take it for granted. Amen. I want to read to you a scripture from Joshua chapter 8, and then we shall pray and we shall receive the word of God. Amen. In Joshua chapter 8, from verse 1, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and his land. And thou... And thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. Hallelujah. And so Joshua arose and all the people of war to go up against Ai And Joshua chose out 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city. Even behind the city, go not very far from the city, but ye be all ready. And I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city, and it shall come to pass. When they come out against us, us at the first, that we will flee before them. For they will come out after us, till we have drawn them from the city. For they will say, they flee before us, us at the first. Therefore, we, sh- we will flee before them. Then ye shall rise up from the ambush, and seize, the, seize upon the city. For the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. And it shall be, when ye have taken the city, that ye shall set the city on fire, according to the commandment of the Lord, that ye will do. See, I have commanded you. Amen. I think I want to pause here. Let us pray. Our Lord, we thank you for this morning. We desire to know you and to walk in your ways. Give us understanding in all things as we study your word. We pray that Lord will not be just hearers, but doers. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, this morning we want to talk briefly about uncommon strategies of warfare. Uncommon strategies of warfare. Hallelujah. You know, normally... Every warfare has standard processes or procedures. There are common strategies. Many times when a country is about to go to war against another country, they weigh the, the equipment they have. And they, they, everybody is able to tell who is likely to win. It's like football. 
if you have certain stars in your team, you know that once you are going, if Ghana is going to meet a team that has Messi and Leonardo and Ronaldo and all the other big names, you know that we are in for a kill. The same way when a big team in Ghana, Haas or Kotoko are going to face Bofuakwa or some other team that is not known, everybody knows because we weigh the equipment. We look at the ammunition we have. We look at the numbers of troops we have. We look at the, the, the might that we have. And we weigh it against the other side. Now, so that, those are normal strategies because you know that if it comes to the West, you just throw one and then they are finished. I remember in 82 when uh, Argentina tried to provoke uh, the, the late uh, uh, Margaret Thatcher and, uh, uh, in, the, in the Falkland War. It was not easy for them. Within a matter of weeks, they were almost wiped off because Britain had superior military power. They, they, by a few days, they put a vessel there to the, to the, Argentina, to the waters of, the, of, uh, of Latin America and a few days, Falkland War took off the, the Argentines could not stand the British because they were more, they had superior uh, power in terms of shooting. Spiritually, it's not different. Usually, we know that if we are going to confront the enemy, we have the name of Jesus. We've learned from um, Ephesians chapter 6 that we have the name of Jesus. We've learned from the Word of God in Revelation chapter 12 that we have the blood of Jesus. We have all kinds of gifts, uh, uh, abilities that are provided for in the scriptures, that allows us, the word of God is a weapon that we use against the enemy. Those are what we call standard warfare um, uh, strategies or weaponry. But I have noticed that some battles can turn around because of uncommon strategies. Say amen. And you, if you are fighting an enemy with superior power, you need uncommon strategies. Because if you look at the story of David and Goliath, the natural scene was that David was inferior. If you read that scripture very well in First Samuel chapter 17, but he was but a youth. He was a small boy. There was nothing to compare. If you look at the armors that Goliath was handling, David needed uncommon strategies provided by God. Hallelujah. And he needed to respond to that message of God, showing him the uncommon strategies. I have seen that uncommon strategies in warfare are not easily visible. And that is why you and I must take, make time, take time off to learn about these uncommon strategies. The passage we read from the book of Joshua throws a little light. Israel had conquered um, uh, Jericho. They were coming. And in the process, we know about um, uh, Achan and all of that. And AI was supposed to be conquered easily. It didn't happen as expected. Now God is giving him the strategy, giving it to Joshua to manifest and to lead them to victory. And this time, they didn't use the regular way. Because normally in the old days, if two nations were at war, you just go around the city's walls and encompass them and then enter. Or you agree to meet at a particular place and your army and their army will meet and whoever runs away after the fight becomes the one who has been defeated. But this time God said, change the strategy. Don't use the normal way. He said, divide your army into two and let some people go and provoke AI. 
Let them come after us. While they are running, those who have laid ambush will then enter into the city and burn the city. And before they would be long, the AI would have been defeated. Because Israel did not have the kind of structure as an army to combat the, the strength of a city or a nation like AI. Hallelujah. So this morning, I want to share with you a few of the important uncommon strategies. Now, if you re- look at this passage very well, God reveals to us something that you can apply. And wh- the first thing we see here is the uncommon strategy of obedience. Joshua emphasizes obedience in his strategy very much, as the Lord also revealed to him. Hallelujah. When you look at it, says, the Lord told him to rise up and go. Then you go to verse 3, it says, verse 4 it says, and he commanded them, see that's obedience over there. A command was given, go to this city, do so, so, and so, and so, and so, and so. Then it says, I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city, it shall come to pass, when they shall come out against at the first, that we will flee before them. For they will come after us till we have done. Then they flee before us as the first. Therefore we flee. Then ye shall rise up. And then the Lord will give you. He says, And it shall be when ye have taken the city that ye shall set the city on fire. According to the commandment. According. That expression there. According to the commandment means obedience is the key. It's not according to the weapons that we have. It's not according to the size of the army that we have. It's not according to the, 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 the might of the soldiers. It's not according to the macho men that we have in the army. But it's according to the commandment of the Lord. Now there are many of us who have the power to overcome. But are losing the battles. Because somehow obedience is not key. We have assumed that oh, once I have the name. Once I have the blood. Once I can confess. Once I know how to fast. For 30 days and 40 nights. And all of that. Once I can stamp. As I clap my hands. As I stamp my feet. As I do all the rituals. I know that the victory is mine. But I have news for you. Obedience is a very, very important uncommon strategy. Say amen. Now, if you have obedience. Some of the battles that you are even engaging. Let me tell you something. The Lord may even tell you that the victory lies in your avoidance. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. You can win by not even going to the battleground. By not engaging. The enemy is going to provoke you. But do not engage through obedience. Look at it. 2 Chronicles chapter 11. It says, And when Rehoboam was come to Jerusalem, he gathered of the house of Judah and Benjamin, and hundred and four score thousand chosen men, one eighty thousand men, which were warriors, to fight against Israel. Hallelujah. That he might bring the kingdom again to Rehoboam. But the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak unto Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all Israel, in Judah and Benjamin, saying, verse 4, That saith the Lord, Ye shall not go up, nor fight against your brethren. Return every man to his house, 
for this thing is done of me. Look at what he says. And they obeyed the words of the Lord and returned from going against Jeroboam. There are many of us who are engaged in battles we have no business engaging in. There are people that are battling with in-laws, battling with siblings, battling with bosses, battling with, with a system. That you have no business battling. If you only had the message of God and the word of the Lord to obey, God would have told you, this is a waste of your time. Don't waste time on this. Because there are bigger and more serious battles ahead of you. There are more serious issues God wants to engage you. But you have decided that because I have the weaponry, I'm a born again child of God. The Holy Ghost, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I can speak in tongues. I can prophesy. I can break. I can pull down. I can do that. So you command and you conjure and you adjure and you, you invoke. And you say all the spiritual jargons. You fast. You're doing all the things. But you are still confronted with the situation. Why? Because there is a still small voice telling you this battle it doesn't belong to you. You don't have to worry about it. Move on. There are certain battles that we, 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 we just need to hear the voice of God to know that it's time to say this thing doesn't even exist. It doesn't deserve my attention. And you already won the victory. But because you want to prove a point, because your ego is strong, because you want to say that I am born again, I'm the child, I'm special before God, I'm the one who can confront this situation and I'll prove him that I am so, so, and so. I'm also born again. I'm covered by the blood. I know the word of God. And I speak it. And Holy, Holy Ghost, you say all the things. Holy Ghost, fire! Holy Ghost, fire! You say it three times. And still it's not working. You pour the oil four times around you. Around the shop. around, And you, you invoke things. Every confession that needs to be made, you have made it. Listen to the still small voice. Through obedience, you already have conquered. Say amen. It's a strategy. Listen to God. Hear from the Lord. Look at them. And they obeyed the words of the Lord. They had a strong army, 180,000 people. But the Lord, the word of the Lord says, and they returned from going against Jeroboam. There are people you must stop chasing and wanting to confront. For you to have your peace of mind and you would have won the victory. Amen. Number two. You can win on common victories through revelation. Revelation. In the book of Kings, chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. 2 Kings, chapter 6. The scripture talks about the servant of Elisha and he himself. They were encompassed by the Syrian army. And the servant was perplexed. He woke up in the morning and he saw that there was a whole army because they said that there is a man prophet who had been exposing their things to the king of Israel. So the Syrian army had come to ransack the place. And the Lord, he said, and he answered. The servant rushed the master and said, Master, the people are against us. And he said, and he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that are with them. He couldn't see. Then verse 17 explains. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, 
open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, may you see this day. When you see those that are with you, and, he, and, the, the, and those that are against you, you can see the difference. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. Hallelujah. You might only be seen with your natural eyes, those that are against you. But those that are for you are many, uh, a lot more than those that are against you. And when your eyes are not open, you worry, you are anxious. You want to show yourself that you are strong. But today, God is asking me to tell you that the battle belongs to the Lord. And that those that are for you are more than those that are against you. Hallelujah. Because you don't have revelation. You are engaged in battles. Which you have no business engaging in. You should have, that battle should have ended a long time ago if you were spiritually sensitive. If you knew what the Lord had for you. If you knew how to act properly under that situation, you would not be anxious. You are anxious and you are still in that battle because you do not see what the Lord has prepared for you. You are even seeing. That's why many of us can't get on well with many people that we should get on well with. Like your in-laws, people around you, your friends, your siblings. So, so many people that we should be able to, you shouldn't be having battles with. We're having battles. Why are we having the battles? Because we do not see that even some of the people, they, they deserve your sympathy. They, they don't deserve your anger. They don't deserve your, 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 your confrontation. If you, God, you see, many times people ask me, how come you are able to get on well with such a person or such a, such a person? They don't understand. When the Lord opens your eyes, sometimes you look at people with compassion. You understand their behavior. You, God opens your eyes to do some internal diagnosis. And when you see that the person deserves your, your, your sympathy or your empathy or your, your tolerance rather than your anger, you are not angered. You don't see the person as an enemy. You rather see a person as somebody who deserves your compassion. Many times we are angry, we fight with people because we see them as our enemies. They are not uh, people that we, we think they, they are going through problems. But when God opens your eyes and says, oh, this person that I'm even angry with, or this issue that is irritating me. There is something that is working in that person's life and background that is causing him or her to behave in that negative way. So that person ceases to be your enemy. I remember many years ago, I had a relative who had, who had issues. Everybody had problems with his spouse. And one day I was having a chat with him. He said, and this person, this person was very cantankerous. And normally, people will be angry with that person. And he said to me, don't people have pity or mercy on this person? Because this person's background and their education and their, their well-being and all of that, the health situation, don't you, don't you rather... The moment that struck and you, you understood that, my attitude changed. Instead of being angry and seeing the person as an opponent, you're going to rather have sympathy. Many of the battles that we are engaged in is because we don't have revelation. Pray, Lord, Lord, open my eyes. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, open my eyes that I may see in Jesus' name.
third uncommon spiritual warfare strategy is patience and endurance. Patience and endurance. In James 1, verse 2 to 4, I won't read that one. The scripture talks about, it says, count it all joy for temptation and all of that. Said, when, when, when patience comes, then it's, it worketh its full job. It does, it, so the battle, when you are patient, when you endure, certain things seem like battles, but it's only for a season. Your eyes only need to be open to see that, oh, this thing is only for a season. It's only because you are in school. It's only because you are in this location. It's only for this period. Whilst you go through this situation, you will be okay. But when you, we, we don't understand that it's just for a moment, you think that, oh, this is going to be, it's a do and die. I must show him. I must show her. I must show the devil. I must, I'm, this thing, I must, it's, it's not my portion. Hey. It's not my portion. Tofiakwa. But it's only seasonal. There are things we went through when we were in secondary school. It was only seasonal. University or polytechnic or whatever, for only seasonal. There are things we are going to go through only in this life. Seasonal. When God opens your eyes to these things, your approach to these things will be different. You will be patient. You will know that it's only for a season. This seeming that... Or the person is dominating me or, or overpowering me. I want this liberty. I want this liberty. It's only seasonal. Tell your neighbor with your mouth, mouth, mouth say it's only seasonal. Only for a season. The fact that we wear masks doesn't mean we shouldn't talk. Amen. Amen. The mask doesn't stop us from talking. We do talk at home. It's seasonal. But when you see it as a do and die, many of the battles we are confronted with. We see the thing is, if it doesn't happen now, the world will crash. If I don't have my victory now, the world will crash. But God doesn't see it that way. It's only seasonal. It's only for a season. So patience is a strategy. Tolerance, endurance is a strategy. Because many times, the enemy comes. When you endure, you see, he tries one, two, three, he says, no, no, it's okay. Let him go. Patience has a way of giving you the victory. Say amen. In the same James chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, one of the important strategies is the strategy of humility. When you are in battle, when you are in warfare, spiritual warfare, one of the ways to engage God is when you have a humble heart. You see, God gives grace to the humble. It means that you invite the presence and the army of God. You, you invoke the powers of God. You activate the army of God on your side through humility. When you, you, you see, God gives grace to the humble. It means God is on the side of the humble. And when God comes, He comes with the fullness of the army. He's, he's the Lord of hosts. His name is the Lord of hosts. He comes with the whole army. He comes with the whole troops. He comes with all the ammunition. So some of the things he's bringing on board, you even haven't seen those gadgets before. Those weapons he's bringing on board, you have no idea. But he's bringing them on board. Because all you need is the presence of the Lord. That's why Moses said, Lord, don't depart from me. Because the presence of God is enough for you to gain the victory. Hallelujah. 
You cannot engage in battle without the presence of the Lord. Now, one of the problems of many believers is that when it comes to humility, there is oftentimes what we call false humility. False humility is when people think that poverty signifies humility. Poverty is not humility. Looking dull is not humility. Fear of men is not humility. Facial expression or even appearance, the fact that you are wearing ragged clothing doesn't make you humble. Humility is an attitude, a relational attitude of the heart. How you, especially how you see God. How you relate to a people of God. Human beings and the creation of God. How you see yourself in relation to God and in relation to the... If you, somebody, people will say, oh, he is humble. But the guy doesn't serve God. He's not humble. A humble person knows that he needs the strength of God. He needs the favor of God. So, some of these monk-like people who behave like, and, and, and don't serve God, they don't, they don't, they, they are not humble. They even walk barefooted, some of them. They even don't wear any clothes. They don't, they wear few little clothes as a sign of humility. It's not humility. They, but they reject Jesus Christ. The Lordship of Christ. They don't, they don't think they, they say, they are, think they are gods in themselves. That's not humility. It's false humility. So appearance, clothing-wise, appearance facially, appearance by association doesn't make a person humble. I'm talking about a relational heart thing that connects to God. That brings you and your imagination, your abilities below the standard of God. That is what makes you humble. Humility is not religious piety. The Puritans, they had, they wore clothes those before the baptism and all of them, in those days, they covered everything, but they were still not humble. Sometimes they, they even didn't wear any uh, 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 cream or any, they, they just looked, you know, they didn't want, they, they looked very pale. But that was not humility. Because spiritually, like the Pharisees, they felt superior to everybody else in their hearts. That is not the way. But true humility is when you, con- you, you, you compare yourself to God and to His creation and you, or to another and you bring yourself lower. That's why Paul says, let's not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Say Amen. And it's a secret which will bring the presence of God to you. And when the presence of God comes, the whole army of God will always fight for you. Say Amen. Another very important, this is the really probably the critical one of all, if even I end on this, is good enough, is understanding divine protocols. That's where many of us go wrong, including even sometimes pastors. Divine protocols. There are spiritual rules of engagement in warfare. What do I mean? When you read the book of Jude, verse 8 and 9, the Bible said, and whereas even Michael, the archangel, when he confronted Satan over the body of Moses, he did not just rebuke Satan, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. So even when it comes to spiritual warfare, the enemy, there are rules of engagement. That's where many of us don't get it right. There are rules of engagement that should relate between parents and children, and children and parents. There are rules of engagement. 
you, that uh, relate between uh, 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 children uh, and their colleagues and their siblings. Rules of engagement about the shepherd, the pastor, and the flock, and vice versa. There are rules of engagement between husbands and wives, and wives and husbands. There are rules of engagement between employers and employees, and which, when you defy, it nullifies all your welfare strategies. Many times, people are battling and wanting to be free of all the rules of engagement, you see, but they are fixed, they are eternal rules. They have been there for long. And you can't change it. I, I, I didn't create it and you didn't create it and you cannot change it. Say amen. Rules of engagement. In Matthew 26, 53, Jesus activated a rule of engagement. He acknowledged this rule. What did he say? He said, don't you think that I can approach my father and he will presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? When the, the disciples wanted him to just say something and destroy all those who were coming to arrest him. But Jesus knew the rules of engagement. The centurions who wanted a servant heal knew the rules of engagement. He said, I, I can order and they go. I said, come and they come. Understand the rules of engagement. The reason why many of us are about certain mountains so long is that we have not understood fully the rules of engagement in whatever places we find ourselves. When you look at Moses, how did Moses overcome Pharaoh? See, Moses was a, a child or a, a child of the house of Pharaoh. Now God calls him out. He comes back to Pharaoh's house. Now when before notice this, God could have sent Moses with unction, with anointing. Having met God, Pharaoh never saw the fire of God in, 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 the, in the mountains. It was Moses that saw the fire of God. But when he was going, the Bible said he went to the Jewish elders. Now, those people, they didn't really know the God that Moses had encountered. In terms of spiritual encounter, Moses was ahead of them. He knew God more than them. Because they had been contaminated by the Jewish, by the Egyptian practices, idolatry and all. But God said, go to your fathers, the elders of the Jews. Submit to them. And when you go to them, make an appeal to them that this is what the Lord wants to do. He could have just gone and faced Pharaoh. But he needed the spiritual backing of those Jewish or uh, uh, Israelite elders. And God, that is the, what I mean by rules of engagement. There are many of us we are alone on the battlefield. There is no spiritual authority backing. You feel, oh, I'm born again. I don't need anybody. The, the pastor, what, pastor, we are serving God. No. We are, not, we are not all serving God the same way. There are rules of engagement. There are things that you need to engage the authority of your husband. There are rules you need to engage the authority of your parents. There are, rules that, there are battles that you need to engage the authority of your spiritual leadership. Hallelujah. That if you fight alone, you stand alone. And you become... Like the the the, 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 the 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 husband of Bathsheba. You, you are left alone. You are, you, are, you are there on the battleground, but you are alone. I remember there was, I was listening to a, a message by Archbishop Duncan Williams between him and the, something that happened between him and uh, Bishop, uh, the late Idahosa. And he said in that message that when Idahosa wrote to him that he had disowned him as a son, as a spiritual son, and when he got the letter, the, the, the story is that he said he tore it. And then he made confessions. 
in the name of Jesus, by the blood, I'm born of God. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. He made all the confessions. Within a few months, he started going through certain battles. And he battled throughout until an elderly man of God, who was, from what he said, I think the man was not even a man or a pastor, called him and said, look, you have made a mistake. Go back to your father. He went back and things turned around. I won't say the details of all the things. There are many of us that are fighting battles and we are on our own. Because the rules of engagement, you are not obeying, you are not following it. You don't even know that there are rules of engagement in that particular battle. That there are people in your life that you, you owe certain things to spiritually and socially and other things. You may think it's not so important, but I'm telling you, you, you need it. They may not be spiritual. Look at Samuel being called of God. He had God. The man, the old prophet, Eli, his time was passed. But by the rules of engagement, it had to take Eli to open the eyes of Samuel. There are things that we all need to avail ourselves to. Many of us are battling things we do not need to battle. And all because we have not been able to activate some of these uncommon strategies of warfare. I pray that God will open your eyes that through this exposure, your approach to spiritual warfare will be different. And God will give you more victories as we battle on in Jesus' name. Say Amen. Let us bow our heads. If there's anything in your life that contradicts your position as a warrior, talk to God and say, Lord, help me. Anything you have abandoned, you can't disobey fundamental things of God. God tells you, leave this one or do that and you said something else. You are fighting against God. You can't win. There is a level of revelation you need to win. There is some patience you need to go through. Endurance. There is a humility that needs to be observed. And there are divine protocols that needs to be observed. You can't throw it all out. Away and win. I pray for you. I pray for myself. That we will be alive to the divine arrangements when it comes to warfare. Even though it's recorded that we have won through Jesus Christ. May uncommon strategies not be lost on us. That even though the battle, the victory belongs to us, we will lose it because we have been ignorant. For it is written in the word of God, my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. May we not miss the visitation of our time because of lack of knowledge. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we honor you. That you hear the cry of your people. Bless each one of us. And help us to operate fully in this. In Jesus' name.